If this podcast was a clothing line, well, let's just say now it is. Smacked Apparel. Let your emotions be told by what you wear in casual and no-filter clothing that you can stand out in. Cheeky, like me. Speak up. Stand out in Smacked Apparel. Online at smackedapparel.ca. Welcome to More Like Tequila Than Tea. This show is not for everyone, but we're going to do it anyway. Because of the language used in this podcast, listener discretion is advised. The views of our guests are strictly theirs, and not necessarily those of Joel or More Like Tequila Than Tea. Now your host, Joel Sloboda Mickelson. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We're on 15. I cannot believe we're at 15 in the new year, 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. And today I have got Heather Kehoe with me. Hey. I have got... Hi. <laughs> Hi. We've talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Let me know if I'm too close or too far away. I always do this with the mic. Um, we've talked about this for a little while now about getting you in the seat. Yes. And coming to talk about anything that goes. We talk about absolutely anybody, um, anything. And we don't script anything as always. And we just kind of see where the conversation takes us. Cool. So today we are talking about mental health and Brett and I talked about that in the last episode, how we were talking, what we're, we kind of talked a little bit about what we were kind of getting into. And I think this topic is more important now being last year and what's Mm -hmm. going forward in 2021 more than ever. I'm going to let Heather introduce herself, but before we go any further, we're going to make sure and do our shot. So (laughs) I already pre-poured today and uh, this never gets easier. Okay, T-Bone's taking a picture right now. I know you can't see this, but we have got this. What size is this? Large. It's a big one. (laughs) 1.75 liter tequila silver to Kirkland. It's only one shot though. Of course (laughs) it's Kirkland though. Yeah, we always do. We, I, you know, my shots are getting smaller, I think, but Hey, are you doing one with us? Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You didn't get your shot glass. No Jose Cuervo gold. (laughs) Oh my God. What was the last stuff we had in? uh, uh, it was a fancy one. No, 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 bottle. it was. It was a fancy one. We got, uh, uh, remember, you, uh, yeah, I looked a, a or something. Uh, ooh, you could just put one. it in a fancy bottle and like have like ones. the Kirkland well, tequila in it. We try and do little, we try and do different types. So the last bottle, we just kind of threw caution to the wind and got whatever. This is Kirkland size by, by far. And then we had, uh, we have some, a couple, I mean, you're a connoisseur yeah, in tequila. I've, I've got four other kinds when this one's done. <laughs> yeah. So, when depending this on is how done. much you drink today. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> Cheers. Right. Cheers. 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 To new beginnings. To new yes. beginnings. 2021. Mm. Holy. <laughs> Whew. Oh my God. I don't know. You know what? And that wasn't... It never gets easier. It never gets easier. T-Bone, I'm impressed. You like that? Wow, well done. Mm-hmm. 1.30 in the afternoon, but 5 o'clock somewhere. I've really... I'm, I've overdone that. I've overdone that. Um, anyway, so today, I don't know really where this is going to go, but this... You know, we try and keep things... Uh, we don't want to get it, like, really dark. Yeah. And... But this isn't a light subject. Mm-hmm. It's not a light subject. It's not something that's easily, for some God knows reason, it is still not easily talked about enough. Right. 
mental health and people talk about in they you know express how you know we're wearing it on shirts now we're talking about it there's forums there's there's groups and facebook chats and and people are really starting to focus on mental health yeah last year um suicide rates went through the roof mm-hmm. so the reason that you're sitting with me is because you also, you and I have had conversations about mental health affecting your life, mm-hmm. um, affecting my life. And unfortunately, back years ago, we didn't talk about it enough. And I don't know if that's being a mom, carrying the weight of all of the things that you're supposed to carry as a woman. Sometimes you don't let people know that your weaknesses. Men don't, of course, they do not show their weaknesses either. Women mm-hmm. more than men. But I think sometimes when you've got to, you know, you've got to hold the shit together. Yeah. You don't talk about it enough or a judgment or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, uh, we'll get into that. I want you to introduce yourself and just kind of give me a bit of your history as far as, you know, wh- what your resume kind of looks like. Okay. Well, it's very colored. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Heather Kehoe. I am a real estate agent here in Saskatoon. I've been a realtor since 2012. And uh, I love making real estate dreams come true. <laughs> and uh, in the last couple of years, I've I've been um, I've, obviously I'm very passionate about mental health, and I'll tell you a little bit about my own journey and how it hopefully re- will resonate with with some people listening. Um, but I've also started a coaching business where I have been I guess you could call it a real estate slash business slash life coach because it all just rolls into one mm-hmm. um and my my main clientele for that is is women and women in business um you know ambitious women that are are looking to just kind of figure their life out find that like work-life harmony because i don't mm-hmm. believe there's balance yeah. um you know, finding that harmony with still kicking ass and crushing their goals and not feeling like they can't take any time for themselves. So that it's been really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just goes hand in hand with with real estate because so many people I meet with real estate become my coaching clients. Yeah. And um, vice versa. Yeah. So um, I've got a blended family. Um, I've got five kids. We've got a big Bernadoodle. And uh, your husband is also nine years younger than you. No. Five. Okay. I didn't rob I the cradle we that cool. badly. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were more, I thought we were closer than that. No, you take the, you're the winner on that one. <laughs> it's not that much. <laughs> no, yes, he is, uh, yeah, second time around, um, I'm married for love. So, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I never Five. did the money. <laughs> I never married for money. What the fuck? My mom's like, you next time, Joe, you got to marry for money. And I just, I cannot uh, figure that out. I'm sorry, Brett. I know you're going to listen to uh, this. Because you make your own money. That's right. <laughs> that's right, I do. Yeah, so that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, and I know, um, so years ago, we worked at Sastel together. And that is, is that how we met or did we meet outside of that? Mm, no, I think it you know, I think it was Sastel. No, we it was Sastel. We were in the Beehive. Yeah. We were in the Beehive together. And you want to talk about life. mental health. Life. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about mental health. Um, we, I remember when you, okay, so you, and you, and it, okay, and so this is another thing. And I don't know if we talked about this before, but again, there's no filter on here. We don't mm-hmm. have a script on this. And if there's at any time that you feel like, eh, you know what, I'm not into answering that question. That's none of your business. No comment. Peace. Yeah, I plead the fifth. Please feel free to go. I'm going to stop you right there and we're going to move on. Next. Yeah. Okay. So 
you were married before. You already said that. Yep. So you were married before to somebody um, who was, you know, everybody kind of knew the Kehoe name in the mm-hmm. city. Um, mm-hmm. It's plastered on every billboard, and we all, um, in some way, shape, or form, kind of, we knew the connection. Right. And you guys divorced what year? 2013. Okay. Yeah. So when you, I remember when you were working at Sostel, when we worked yeah. together, so we were in cubicles by, by each other, and, and Heather and I... Um, you know, there's a lot of similarities between our personalities where you can't, you, we're just not cubicle people. No. And you can't tie us down, Joelle. You got to unleash us. It, to put it lightly, yeah. Um, we are free spirits, that's for damn sure. But yeah. we, I never knew, like, I never would have known mm-hmm. you ever had anything going on. Right. And I think you're, your mental health, like the things that you were struggling with mm-hmm. was way back then. Yeah. Because I didn't know about it until closer to your divorce. Right. And I think, I mean, and okay, so and this is why I'm bringing this up. And this is, I think, for anybody listening, um, if you can get <laughs> your teenage kids to sit down for 45 minutes to an hour and mm-hmm. listen to any of this, um, there's a reason behind every single point that I want to bring up and direct to you today. We're going to talk about social media. We're going to talk about celebrities. We're going to talk about people that are, you know, um, have certain status in our own city and town, uh, being women, men, Mm -hmm. the whole nine yards and being parents. Um, I never saw this in you. I always saw you as somebody who was very confident, very, very put together. You know, people would have looked at you from outside looking in Mm -hmm. and thought you have it all together. You have money. Mm -hmm. You have... Um, your, you know, you have your education, you have your husband, your kids, a great house, your cabin, all of these things. And for some reason, we still put labels on that by thinking, well, what could, what, what could she possibly mm-hmm. have going on? Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. What, what's going on in her life? That's so bad. Like, oh, you know, you know, must be nice to be heard and not have yeah. an issue with money or being able to get things or go places, traveling. And then we have social media, that right. other side to that, where we get to watch people's lives play out on social media now, yeah. where it looks so perfect. Right. And we think... Well, you can be any what anything or anybody you want on social media. 100%. Right? And I think that's one thing that's so important, like being the mom of, um, you know, now a young adult, um, 18, almost turned 19, and, you know, young teenage girls, is telling them that what you see on social media isn't actually what it what it is. Mm-hmm. You could you could come off as the most happy, you know, go lucky, you've got everything and inside you're hurting so badly, mm-hmm. right? But and that's the thing like it's it's so easy to have that facade on social media and I think yeah. it's so important. And I'm not just saying for girls, but um, you know, young adolescents and even starting like, you know, kids are on these iPhones or iPads like at such a young age, right? And they're it's like they're programmed for it and they're just seeing, well, look at Kylie Jenner. She's this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. right? When yes, of course that's her brand, right? Mm-hmm. And but nobody really knows what's going on. And that's the thing, I guess, no one ever really knows what is going on behind closed doors. And I think no. that was one thing that when I kind of went through my journey and the older I got, because you mature and you, you know, the older you get, the the less fucks you really give. And that's just the way it is, yep. right? You're not worried about, is everybody going to like me? And um, 
and, and some people still are, right? And that's something we work on in coaching because in order to like fully live your authentic self, mm-hmm. you have to just be okay with not everybody liking you. Mm-hmm. That is the hardest thing yeah. that every single person, every single human being that I talk to, men or women, young or old, we all struggle with that. That's one common denominator mm-hmm. is we all give a fuck about what people think about us in yeah. some way, shape, or form, whether yeah. it be business, whether it be looks, whether it be our family, how our kids are being raised, what our kids are turning out to be. Um, I, You know, and I've been, I'm fault for this, where somebody will complain mm-hmm. and say, you know, they're pissed off for their kids getting disciplined because they didn't make the honor roll. Right. And I'm like, that's your fucking problem in your life right now is your kid didn't make the fucking honor roll. My kids, like, pray that they make it to school today and got through all their classes. Yeah. But then I had to turn around and turn the table on that and change the script because that's not fair for me to judge Mm -hmm. because that's their level of norm. Totally. That's their level of comfort or expectations in their family, their household. If that's what they've raised the bar to be... Maybe I needed to raise the bar higher. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's none of my business to judge because I'm like, you have no fucking idea what goes on in my life or my household, which brings us back to the whole, you don't know. Yeah. Like, you, you don't know what goes on in other people's houses. Yeah. But yet, your level of stressors or depression or anxiety or mm-hmm. whatever it was that you were carrying, you, 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 whatever that happened or why that happened or why it triggered... Mm-hmm was for your reasons. Right. Regardless of, you know, somebody else could be looking from the outside in going, I, I don't mm-hmm. even know where I'm going to get my meal next meal today. Right. Yeah. And you're still going through depression and anxiety and, mm-hmm. and mental health. Yeah. You know, you're having struggles with mental health. And that's why I think this is a, such an important topic. And I think, I mean, this is just a tip of the iceberg, you know, as far as social media is concerned to what people see. Mm-hmm. But when you... Do you remember what your triggers were? Like, do you remember where? Yeah, you, you know what? Like- it's funny because thinking back, so 2010 was like the the breaking point, right? I call it like that was my mental breakthrough, mm-hmm. right? I hate calling it a mental breakdown because it was like really very, uh, uh, the most pivotal point in my life, mm-hmm. right? It changed. Everything changed from there. So, you know, up until then, I felt looking back now, of course, when you're in it, you think it's normal, but you're not really happy. You're not. So you might have, you know, a fancy car and trips and all that, but you're not like those are just like desires that get fulfilled very momentarily. Mm -hmm. It's like shopping. It's Mm -hmm. a high. And -hmm. then you come home and you have all this really nice shit and it just it means nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But yeah, leading up to it, you know what there was. I knew that I was not in the marriage that was meant for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that. If I left the marriage, I, it wouldn't just make me happy because in order to yeah. be happy, you need to be it needs to be inside. It's not just, well, if I move to California, I'm going to be happy. No, no. You need to figure out why you're actually not happy inside before you move to California. Yeah, nothing external is right? going to give you happiness. You're just changing location or you're just changing husbands or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Right. So for me, you know, I had two years uh, before I before like I actually left that I got my shit together mm-hmm. and got me together. But was um, that what it was? Was so, it the divorce no, or that? Okay. So it was so 2010, like leading up to it was just, you know what, I 
I can explain it as I was completely living a lie, like completely living unauthentically, mm-hmm. a facade. Everything was a pretend. I would go, you know, to these parties and I'm like, I don't even want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like it's and nothing against those people. Just they didn't feed my soul mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. They just that small talk was just boring. I'd rather be at home in my pajamas eating popcorn mm-hmm. like that. Um, and then started and I, I think there was a lot of things that warning signs, mm-hmm. you know, like I I remember waking up and thinking I was having a heart attack mm-hmm. and finding out later it was a panic attack, Anxiety, but yeah. never having one. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Right. And then I just kind of ignored it because as women mm-hmm. and, you know, a mom with younger kids, I was like, oh, I'm just tired. You just make excuses. Right. And I'm like, panic attack, like me, like mental, like, come on. I have my shit together, right? And you talk yourself out of it and you keep having all these little things happen and building up till the world, the universe, whatever you believe in, finally says, fuck, we are taking you down because you are not paying attention, mm-hmm. right? And I remember that day I went to the gym and had a workout and I, I explained to myself or explained to people that I felt like I was wired but tired, So it's a term you hear a lot in mental health um, with people with anxiety and depression. You feel like you're wired, like you can't sleep and you're like, you know, your nerves are on. Everything is just on like full tilt, Mm -hmm. but yet you're tired, Mm -hmm. right? So that's how I felt. And I remember backing out of that parking lot and a guy backed into me and it was like my whole world just fell apart. Like I just started bawling I went home I got in the shower I just I could not stop crying mm-hmm. um called my husband at the time and said look at like something is wrong with me mm-hmm. took me to the doctor right away the doctor's like Kate you need to go on medication I'm like no 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 mm-hmm. no no there's there's no way like I'm not having a mental breakthrough breakdown um and I was very being the personality I am and um I ended up switching doctors and went to a doctor who was honestly to this day like I swear he saved my life because he was so patient with me mm-hmm. um you know I went and saw him and he's like I, you know I think this is what's happening and I'm like nope I just would not accept the fact that I was having a mental illness that I had a mental illness and so I thought you know what no I've probably got a brain tumor um I have, I remember even thinking like it was the metal from my fillings, right? Like just, it was like every thing yeah. that a person looking into me would say, Heather, like, oh my God. Your diet, the right? kids are causing you stress. It was just marriage, everything. Yeah. And so throughout that, so he told me, he's like, you know what? I'm going to let you do what you needed to do and, and go on your journey and figure out and I'll be here, mm-hmm. right? And th- I needed to do that. And for some people, that's that's not their journey. For mine, it was to yeah. come to the realization that there was a chemical imbalance. Um, and so I saw like Reiki practitioners. I, I had CAT scans. I had MRIs. Like you name it, I had it because I was like, no, there is something. There is something physically wrong with me. Yeah. Um, to the point where I remember being so bad so paranoid that I wouldn't leave the house mm-hmm. um and there were times where I was driving down the highway and almost drove into semi mm-hmm. and I just think if it wasn't for my kids I know if it wasn't for my kids mm-hmm. that I wouldn't like I wouldn't be here right because when you're at that point and people don't understand it no, unless you've been there there is not any rational thoughts and you know that 
you know that. And I remember at that point looking at my kids and being like, okay, this, I can't go on like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a year, a year I went through this. And um, the night before I went back to the doctor, I remember lying on the bathroom floor and just crying and like begging, you know, God, the universe to just like make it end, make mm-hmm. it end. And the next day I went in to the doctor and he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah. And, you know, I started on medication. I will always be on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it, it is a chemical, like it is a chemical imbalance that over right. time, just hormone or whatever it was, um, because there are, you know, when I, when I say to women, well, okay, you're getting a divorce. Yeah, you're sad. That's normal, mm-hmm. right? Or, hey, you lost your job and your dog died. You're supposed to be sad. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to have emotion. Mm-hmm. So no, just don't go on medication to numb the pain. You need to feel that emotion. Yeah. But when you wake up and you're like, it wasn't just a situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't situational depression. It was like full on shit hit the fan. And it was either I get help and I face it and I, you know, accept it mm-hmm. or I'm not going to be around yeah. to see my kids. Um, so through that and then from there over the next couple of years, I was like, OK, I learned to like really get to know me. Yeah. And and then in 2013, you know, left the marriage, um, real estate career just kind of skyrocketed. And then, you know, things have just kind of went from there. I mean, obviously, I ended up having thyroid cancer. So that was another. But it was like, you know, like I have went through a lot of shit, but I think it's made me who I am. And it's allowed me to understand people better, especially you know, women going through stuff where they're like, I can do everything. And and I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. You still are sometimes. Totally. Yep. Totally. But it's like, I still, now I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I can let Chris do that. Mm-hmm. Or I can delegate shit. Or you can ask for help. Yeah. We'll be right back. Please give me love. Listen. It's what we're hoping for every day. Of our audience, our fans, our customers. That they listen to who we are, to what we are. But it only happens when your idea is delivered well in a way that makes them feel the message. Using every audio resource available today, Sound Lounge by T-Bone takes the intention and captures it, enhances it, and presents it to your audience with power and purpose. Whether you're shooting a movie, recording a song, crafting a brand, or simply putting a story down for the future, consider T-Bone dedicated to the craft of audio engineering. He will deliver the attention your project deserves. Sound Lounge by T-Bone. When you talked about driving down the highway, mm-hmm. um, and I do talk to women where um, I had a conversation with someone um, a while ago, and I, I remember her saying, and I don't know why we do this as women, um, because I, I am totally... I stand up to this because I think it's fucking bullshit. Mm -hmm. You telling your story Mm -hmm. or me telling my story, for some reason, women think it's a competition. They think we're we're trying to compete with them. My story's bigger. Yeah. I don't think your story's bigger. Yeah. I don't think your story's any less than hers, and I don't think hers is any bigger or less than yours. The point is, and the reason we talk about this and the reason we share stories is because there is still a million people out there 
that do not talk about it. They mm-hmm. still think they're alone. They still think something's wrong with them. They still are too scared to voice whatever is going on with them. And I remember saying to Brett one day, um, and I don't ever do that. I don't ever talk to you or tell you an experience I had like yours because I'm trying to one-up you. Right. I just am like, fuck, I get it. I remember talking to Brett, and I remember saying to I asked him one day, I said, have you ever felt like there's a, a brick wall at the end of this street in Montgomery? Mm-hmm. I said, have you ever felt like just kept keep going? And he's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and we, like, we love each other. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. such a great relationship. And it's not always perfect and all of that shit, but it's, we are each other's best friends. Mm-hmm. It took a long time to find that. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is that, I love, like, the kids, my family. We have a beautiful home. We work. We're both self-employed now. Um, We've slowly but surely, like, gotten rid of the stressors in our life. Mm -hmm. But they're still there. And I suffer every single, at some point during the week, I will have these breakdowns where I'm like, I'm depressed today and I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I don't fucking want to see anybody. I don't want to go on social media. That mm-hmm. is one of the worst things I do mm-hmm. is get on social media if I'm being de- if I'm depressed that day. Oh God. And I just go through <laughs> and I'm like, their business is doing better. Don't get me started. Yeah, I know. It's their business is doing better than mine. Look right. at her. Yeah. She's 50 and look at how she how yeah. good she looks. Yeah. Holy fuck, she's at the gym every day. I used to be at the gym every day. Why can't I get my ass out of bed and get to the gym every day? I did it before. Yeah. Why am I not doing this now? So I will beat myself up continuously. But, you know, I have a lot to live for. And I have incredible family and Mm -hmm. grandkids and my kids and I sat in the shower this morning thinking how ironic that we're having this conversation today because I got up this morning really depressed Mm -hmm. and I was like I don't I just sometimes I just want to quit and he's Mm -hmm. like it scares me when you fucking say shit like that I'm Mm -hmm. like I would never do that to you Mm -hmm. but I understand yeah and then another suicide happens yeah. in the city and you hear about another kid that's taken their life. Yeah. And it's not just the kids. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's everybody of every different age yeah. and um, status. Well, yeah, this year especially, you know, we, we talk about women, but statistically when you look at, um, you know, women are more emotional beings right yeah so but with men i mean when we look i look at medicine hat this year for Mm -hmm. example so Mm -hmm. i used to live in medicine hat my best friend still lives there in one week there were five men between the ages of 35 to like 44 that committed suicide five and that population is small so for men you know it's very hard to sometimes express their feelings you know it's like that old oh man up or whatever like I can't stand that right that drives me nuts but that was just the way it was like oh don't cry or blah 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 right right yeah and so um you know for men it's like where is that outlet like a lot of these guys I mean they were the breadwinners right they lost their jobs through the pandemic they they had no outlet they did not know how to cope and it was like that's when you're at that point, mm-hmm. like you're not rationally thinking, you're not thinking about who you're leaving behind. Like, you know, it's till you're there, you will never understand. Mm-hmm. No one will ever understand till that thought goes through your head. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, you know, you even look at the the shooters, right? Like you look at the school shooters, the Las Vegas shooter. They're they're all men, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's like okay, what went? What happened? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. Right? Like what? How how like there was so much hurt going on mm-hmm. and so much rage inside that you felt like you had to take that out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas women are just more; they'll cry more. They'll you know they just have that different outlet. Mm-hmm. So you know it is it is so important because there have been a lot of young males that have committed suicide in our city this year. Yeah, um, and I just think the you know the pressures of that too and the social media is just. Um, it's getting out of control. And I'll tell you right now, I would, I actually hope that Facebook, <laughs> that it, it disappears. I really I do. I, would. I really do. I hope that, 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 because it's just so, you know, and, and this is censored and then this it's isn't it. And you're told to do this. And I've become mindful, um, you know, and I'm trying to teach my kids this, or I am teaching them, but they're having a hard time, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, they wake up immediately. They're on social media. Yeah. Right now, they're not so much Facebookers, but they're like Instagram, YouTube, like TikTok drives me nuts. Yeah. Right. But I'm like, you guys, so like, shut that off before you go to bed. I take it away because it's like, oh, my God, it's like constant 24 seven. Then they're mm-hmm. getting headaches and no wonder they're freaking depressed. Yeah. Right. Or these video games. It's like constant. Yeah. So and as parents, it's just, you know, it's like a luxury that's just become like the norm. Yeah. Right. Where. We've gotten away from, okay, let's have like family game night or let's just go do something, get active, right? Mm -hmm. Like thankfully my kids are still like very active, right? Mm -hmm. They've always been, but I still have to be very mindful of that. Like, okay, you guys, through this, yeah, you weren't playing volleyball, like get your ass outside, do something, yeah, right? And But it's up to me as the parent to um, encourage that. Yeah, you're still the parent. Totally. You're still the parent. And and I I see a lot of of parents and, and... this I don't care about getting criticized about. You are not your kids' friends. Mm-hmm. You are not their fucking buddy. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing that I have said to my kids throughout their entire life, mm-hmm. I still say it to them to them now. I'm still your mom. You're yeah. 26 and 20, 25 and 26 years old. I'm still your mom. Don't talk to me like some punk on the playground. Mm-hmm. And first and foremost, I'm your mom, not your buddy. I would love to be friends with you. But first and foremost, I'm your mom. Yeah. And... I don't, it's really hard. I'm not saying that it was easy. I'm not saying that I didn't get, um, I didn't, I, my kids never said they hated me, which I'm very grateful for. And I don't know how they did it, but I think I had that a couple of times. I, but they, I think they, I had like the fuck you behind the door too. Oh, I'm sure I had that behind, <laughs> you know, it's Seriously. not that it did. They just didn't say it to my face. Yeah. And um, my daughter wrote it one time on a piece of paper while we were driving to Edmonton. I'll never forget it. And I reached back and grabbed the piece of paper and I was like, what did you just put on that paper? And she clenched it with a death grip. And I was like, I pried her hand open, read it, bawled, because I never heard yeah. my kids say, I hate you. And she never let me see something like that again. And never, ever did my kids say that to me. They never told me off or anything. Yeah. Now it's not that, um, we didn't have a lot of issues. We had a lot of drugs in our family. We had Mm -hmm. a lot of my kids, two of my, my girls didn't graduate. My son graduated. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of skipping school, a lot of young pregnancy in my family. Um, so we've gone through a lot of struggles. When I was younger, I was on the streets for 
two years, and I don't mean on the streets. Now, I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say that because I wasn't on the streets living on a park bench with no food. Mm-hmm. I just hung out with gangs, and mm-hmm. it was really, really toxic yeah. around toxic people. And I, that was my outlet. That was where I chose to go because that's where I felt like I fit in. I felt yeah. like a reject. I felt like I didn't fit in with anybody. I was always into sports, but I didn't hang out with the jocks because I right. didn't feel it was my people. And mm-hmm. I never, ever actually knew where I fit in. But nowadays, I find kids now don't have to be anywhere in public. They can hide behind a computer. Right. And be inside behind a yeah. video game. Not that video games weren't around back then, because they were when my kids were young. But um, we forced them to go outside and play right. sports. Now I feel like a lot of parents are just, yeah. it's a lot of material things, and, and it's just easier. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like every person, every human needs to feel connection and, and mm-hmm. needs to feel part of something, right? So for me, it was like always team sports, very competitive team sports. For my kids, the same thing. So they have always been like very much into, you know, competitive team sports. That becomes another family. It takes up a lot of their time, Um, you know, and my daughter now is playing like post-secondary and, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the other three, right? And what they're going to go on to do, but they have to be, they have to have that sense of purpose too, Mm -hmm. right? Like we all need a purpose. Like going on and doing a post on Instagram isn't going to give you purpose, Mm -hmm. right? It may give you a little adrenaline rush for the amount of likes. But again, that means nothing. Like the amount of likes means nothing. And that's, you know, what kids, that's what they they live for. Oh, well, I got so many likes. I'm up to like, how many followers? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Like that. It's just like, okay, you need to understand that that's that's cool, but you cannot. um, It doesn't define you. No, it doesn't define you. Right. And so I think for parents, that is such an important conversation for your daughters and your sons, right? Like you mm-hmm. need to have that conversation. You need to be aware of of who their friends are, a hundred percent. Like yep. who the parents are, right? What they're doing. And you know what? I I'll go into the phone anytime, right? Yeah. And they try to say, well, that's my phone. No, actually, it's mine. Yeah, I bought it. I pay the bill. I'll look at it whenever I want. Yeah, and you know what? That or it's gone. By your own. I used to be someone, too, that was, um, I, I was really, I paid attention to how kids would walk into my home. Mm-hmm. So if they would walk in the house and my, my, why one daughter would say, like, you don't like any of my friends. I'm like, you know what? They've given me zero reason to like them. Yeah. They can't look at me at the in my face. Eye contact was a big thing for me. Look at me. Talk yeah. to me. Say hi. Put your hood off your, take your hood off your, your head. Yeah. And look at me like a human being and just yeah. say, Hi, Mrs. Sloboda, or whatever. Like, how yeah. are you? Or anything. Yeah. They can't even do that. They yeah. walk in looking down at the ground, and this was 20 years ago. So now it's even worse. Mm-hmm. They wait outside, honk the horn, send a text message, yeah. jump in the car, and they're gone. Yeah. Some people don't even know their friends' kids. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a missing girl going um, that I just saw a post on social media yesterday, and she, um, she hasn't been seen since the 27th of December. And, you know, there was something that I paid attention to, and no, no fault of the parents whatsoever, but there was something that said, we've reached out to all of the parents that we know of, all mm-hmm. their friends that, that mm-hmm. we know of. She's probably got a whole group For of sure. people. Yeah. You have no clue. Yeah. And, and I mean, is. you're not going to know everything, nor no. do I want to know any, no. you know, everything. But it's like you... and. I know kids might seem like they hate it because, I mean, I was the same. I was too. Right? But yeah. it was like, we, 
they love it. They actually do, right? Because it is like, yeah, mom, you might like piss me off and K mom, stop. But you know what? If it was the other way and they had nothing, right? I mean, it's, that's just teenagers, right? It's just how they react and whatnot. But it's like, you need to be present, but you still need to be the parent, Mm -hmm. right? There needs to be consequences. There needs to be, you know, discipline, like, you know, consequence actions and there's consequences and that's because the too much you're seeing that these kids are like it's the cancel culture right or that everyone gets a fucking trophy yeah like come on a ribbon right and that's not real life so you're setting your kid up for failure you are completely setting them up for failure and disaster and to not be able to cope with the world mentally yeah right they need to know that you're going to win and you're you're going to lose mm-hmm Right. So it's in sports, it's in dance, it's in music, it's in life, yeah. it's in jobs. Yeah. Right. I mean, the craziest thing I heard was a mom um, went for the job interview for her daughter. <laughs> no, the the actual the manager was like, what what are you doing here? Like, go home, go home. So how can you blame the kid when that's the parent? Right. Right. Usually when I see a real messed up kid, like a you know like a self-entitled little shit like that mm-hmm. i usually look at the parent and can understand and yeah. i am not a perfect parent believe me but yeah do my kids have consequences 100 percent. have they hated me 100 percent. yeah if they don't then i didn't do my job yeah right and so yeah i think there was a couple of years where my kids didn't even talk to me yeah and i mean we just didn't we i mean it was the kind of casual conversation but they would rather be away than and all my kids full disclosure every one of my kids moved out um by the time they were 18. yeah every one of my kids left and you know there was various reasons for that one being i was a bitch Mm -hmm. like i was not the parent that all the friends came over and just I don't know. I just wasn't that parent where it's like, you're not just going to sit around all day. Right. You're going to do something. Every one of my kids. And I was on welfare and was in low-income housing when I had, when the kids were younger, Mm -hmm. I found a way for them to be in sports. I went to the Lions Club and got sponsored. Mm -hmm. I did what I needed to do that my kids were all in sports because I needed them to be doing something. Yeah. And then as I could afford it, they were playing, but they never went without. Like it was either my ex-husband and I um, would find a way to get the money and I just needed them. They had to pick something and yeah. be involved in something. Yeah. They could not sit around all day and do fuck all. Yeah. And well, I, and that's, you know what, here's the thing. Teaching your kids that they're not going to have everything they want mm-hmm. just because they want it. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, that is setting your kids up for like a complete mental disaster. Yeah. Because you know what? Yes. Everybody wants like the $300 Nike shoes. Right. I mean, I know a kid that got three pairs for Christmas and I'm like, what? Yeah. Like what, what is that doing? Yeah. Right. I mean, those are like special occasion or, Hey, you know what? You want to go buy like that? Get a part-time job. Right. Or that's like a special Christmas gift or whatnot. So it's these unreal expectations Mm -hmm. and it all just like snowballs into these like mental health issues because the kids don't know how to handle rejection. Yeah. They don't know how to cope. And no one wants to be rejected. I mean, but when you don't know how to handle rejection, when you don't know how to handle the word no, you're screwed. Yeah. Right? Because you can't, it's very hard to unteach that to an 18-year-old. Yeah. Right? That's something maybe you can unlearn as you mature and you learn, okay, those are like really limiting beliefs and I, I can change that. But you have to be very aware and mindful of 
yourself and and what's going on to do that right yeah so yeah it's I don't know so there's a positive side of social media if there is one mm-hmm. um I do and I'm going to use one of the most controversial families in the world is the Kardashians yeah I don't hate them I never have hated them they don't bother me whatsoever what I find amusing is the people that criticize the fuck out of them because they've gotten famous because of having a large ass or well they built a brand but i'm like they built a brand what are you jealous of what are you jealous of because they're what do you want them to do do you want them to just back up and go fuck it i don't want any of it i'm quitting right now i'm giving all your money back i'm shutting Mm -hmm. my makeup brand down i'm not doing any more deals with water and makeup and whatever mm-hmm. it is that they they have their brands on or apparel or whatever they they've built a brand for a reason mm-hmm. like every single other person that's in celebrity status i was watching uh jeremy meeks mm-hmm. yesterday i was going through his his he did a video on he was a convict on in the crips mm-hmm. on the streets zero expectations, goals, or ambitions in life other than to be a gang member, probably Mm -hmm. at that time. A mugshot gets out because that's what they did. The police department releases a mugshot of all of the people that were arrested for whatever they arrested them for, and Jeremy Meek's photo goes viral. Mm -hmm. He wakes up the next morning in his cell, and he's like, my buddy phoned me and said, he came to visit him, I think, at the jail. And he said... You're viral. And he yeah. goes, what are you fucking talking about? Those baby blue eyes yeah. and that chocolate skin. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes viral, becomes a model, a world international model, yeah. an actor in five movies that in one year alone. And I'm like, th- okay, so we're talking about like what social media does. We see all of the highlights. Mm-hmm. He talks now and he uses that platform to talk to kids and other people about what he did and where he came from Mm -hmm. and what happened. And he's like, no, this could be fluff too, because it is, you know, Mm -hmm. social media. But he's like, I'm going to, I'm grateful for this and I'm going to use this to my advantage. And I'm going to use this platform that I've been given to do things. Mm -hmm. People don't see all the things that the Kardashians do behind the scenes. They don't see that Kim's going to get her law degree. They don't see that she's let, let how many convicts or how Mm -hmm. many people that have been on death row out of jail because they were, like, up on a drug charge of some possession for whatever, and they got 25 years. She's getting these people out of jail, or the, all the charity work that they do, or the money they donate for their money. And we see all these highlights, and then I mm-hmm. think, okay, so there is a learning platform to social media, too. Yes, there's the side that causes us to compare mm-hmm. and to be jealous of and to do all these other things, but then there's this other side to do this learning and teaching and education, educating platform, which is some of the things that you're doing now, mm-hmm. talking about your past, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, what you've been through, your struggles, and you're using it to help, yeah. which we wouldn't have had advantage of before and been able to have so much, yeah. you know, of th- there wouldn't be the availability. So no. now we have those resources to go, I'm connecting to you. And who knows, yeah. you might have people, you know, clients from all over the world now that connect to you on some level saying, thank you for saying that. And I think that, you know what, going back to to that with with my journey is I co-chaired the Lighthouse campaign. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, on the opening day and I gave my little speech, right, I told my story and it was like people coming up to me like, we had no idea. 
Yeah. We had no idea. And I'm like, yeah, because that's not what you see. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like I go running around telling everyone I this happened to me. Right. But it's like it now I'm like, yeah, no, it happened to me. It's not like we go for coffee and be like, oh, hey, in 2010, I had a mental breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Right. And this, that and the other. But it's like it comes up and I almost can. um, It's like you can feel that with people now. Mm -hmm. Right. You can look at a person and be like, Jesus. Well, you're more relatable. You just know. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like intuitively I just. And you just understand, right? And then they feel like, oh, my God, you're a human being too, right? I can actually relate to you. And I think that's the thing, like, in business, right, it's um, being authentic, Mm -hmm. right? Because so much of you see is, like, I mean, I'm not the realtor who's glammed up in, like, you know, pencil skirts and high heels and full-on makeup and hair every day. Like, I just, it's, that would exhaust me. Um, Can we talk about that for a second? (laughs) Can we talk about that for a second? Um, I'm, the odd time I get. I'm really not trusted. either. I am not somebody who does glam, but it's it's not because I've given up. Just for what? special events. <laughs> yeah, I haven't quit. Like Brad said to me the other day, because I had this house coat on, and he goes, this house coat says that you've given up on life. <laughs> and I was like, it's a jacket for one. He goes, "It's you've given up on life. So I am very where I'm like, Spending a lot of time on my looks is exhausting for me. Yeah. Now, do I like going to get we're, my nails we're so done? naturally good looking. That's <laughs> why. Just, we're right, flawless. T-bone? Really. <laughs> T-Bone, are you falling asleep? Oh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm staying out. I don't, know what, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. <laughs> I, um, I, I find it exhausting. And I don't mean that, it, okay, I have my eyelashes done right now. I've got my eyebrows tattooed. Okay, can we talk about this for a second? We're talking about, um, that's a whole other co- podcast, but... We are going to actually get into that. This is actually a good segue because I want to talk about plastic surgery and... Oh, that's a whole... We're like on a way run out of time. No, no, no. I don't want to get into that right now. (laughs) I just want to say we're talking about that on another podcast. But I've got my eyelashes done. I've got my nails done, blah, blah, blah. It's not that I'm not against that. I'm not against that. I do look at other women on social media and say, oh my God, like you look fucking amazing and I need to get my ass back at the gym. I really do. But as far as... You just saying that right there, do you feel like you have to defend yourself or explain yourself? No. When you said, you know, I'm not the person that gets in my high heels and pencil skirts and... No. And I don't... See, I do. I still feel that way. No. No. Because it was like, hey, it's not like I show up and I'm like in sweatpants and just rolled out of bed, right? (laughs) But it's... I mean, I have sometimes from like yoga class been like, oh, you want to do a deal? Okay, well, like here I am. Yeah. Right? And it's like my clients are like, we don't really give a shit. You, yeah. you know what you're doing and we hire you for you. Like, obviously, we have an image. Right. But for me, like even when you see on social media, it's real. Like, it's me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, here's me and my family. Here's me and my dog. Right. Like, here's. Yes. Like, obviously, I dress nice and whatnot, but it's not all about the constant, you know, selfies and look at me. Yeah. And I like got all done up today and it's like because that's I don't I don't need to Mm -hmm. to be good at what I do yeah right like obviously the image I give off is still professional but real Mm -hmm. and that's that's the people I want to deal with yeah right um is the real authentic people and that's who I am I just am I am who I am yeah take it or leave it and if you don't like it there's you can go hire somebody else well there's a million yeah and and when I do um, when I do my personal organizing, I get into a very personal space in people's lives. It's very, very intimate. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in their personal 
areas and we get talking to a lot of a lot of people are embarrassed at first to have me come into their home because well we've gotten into this situation the way it is and there's no judgment I think when they see me and talk and I do my go lives or I do certain things they know that I'm just Mm -hmm. a real person I don't care that your pantry is a disaster or your house is chaos Usually it's because something is going on Mm -hmm. in your life right now that you don't have the time for this and it's not a priority to you. Now, I don't mean that you don't take care of yourself and you're, you know, that means you're a slob or whatever, whatever that means. It's usually something else is going on. I choose to not, I don't, it's too much work for me and I don't need to be all done up all the time. It's not Mm -hmm. me and not my personality. Yeah. But you're going to find your people, like we yeah, talked about. totally. People are going to dra- be drawn to you because of you and the person and the dynamic of a person you are. Yeah. So in closing today, I want to talk about going back to 2010 when this moment happened. You do, do still struggle and you still stay. Like you mm-hmm. have to be on, on meds and it is going to be a yeah. lifelong thing for you. Yeah. With the situation going back, for, so we're talking about 11 years difference here. What could you or would you have done differently? Or were you aware yeah, of it Yeah, you know enough? what? I don't see. I'm not a regret person. Mm-hmm. I have zero regrets, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, my path is my path and everything and everyone is a reason, season or a lifetime. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't go through that. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I do believe that was the path I was on and, mm-hmm. and it's, led me to here so that I can be the best, you know, realtor, be the best coach, be the best mom, friend, you know, wife, everything. Right. And it's made me be more aware and mindful of um, how I deal with people. Yeah. Right. And even as little as going through, I don't know, being at Safeway. Right. And the, the cashier is a total bitch. Right. That day. And and I could snap back. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, she's maybe having a real shitty day. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of being the fifth person who's going to snap back at her, how about it's just like, you know what? Not say anything or just wish her a good day and be gone. Right. Because yeah. what is it like choosing my energy? And it's not that I don't get pissed off. I do. Yeah. Right. You have a temper. Yeah. And it's like if I strongly believe in something, yep. that's what I believe. Yeah. Right. And that's and whatever you believe is what you believe. And that's OK. It's OK. We don't think the same way. Mm-hmm. That is called the beauty of life. Yeah. Right. We are different. Um, and so I I honestly you know what I wouldn't I always say it was the best and the worst year of my life. Yeah. And um my kids have learned from it and it's really changed their lives. Right. And my kids are very in tune with how they are feeling, yeah. right? And if something's not sitting well with them and um, and honoring your, like your gut, right? Yeah. And and I think that's, if I can give one piece of advice, it is that not everybody is going to like you, not, and, and you're not going to like everybody. Mm-hmm. And that is okay, right? You are going to mm-hmm. find your people and it's being respectful and truly honoring who you are. Because if, you know, you can lie to everybody else, mm-hmm. but you cannot lie to yourself. No. That's the one person that you can't fool. Yeah. And and it will eat you up. So, um, yeah. And as I get older and wiser, 
<laughs> Do tell. On my journey. <laughs> I think that this is, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's sad that we don't learn this earlier. Or it's sad that, I mean, we hear it. We yeah. hear it. You're talking to your kids about it. Yeah. We're, it's all over. It's everywhere for everybody to be able to read and learn and, yeah. and watch now. We don't talk about this sooner or we don't, we're not open to receiving it sooner. And the the part about, you know, finding your people, I've lost a lot of friends over the last oh, yeah, three years. And especially the last three years. And I don't know why. I that... don't I don't call it losing them though. You know, because well, it's again, that reason, season, lifetime. Yeah. Right. You have to really, really focus your your life on that. Or you're gonna be like it'll drive you nuts. Yeah. Right. And um, I think that when you get to a place where maybe you're growing in one way, right, and they're growing in another, mm-hmm. and it's not like you leave them behind. They just don't choose to come with you yeah. on your your way. And that's okay. I remember you saying that. Right? And it's just from, like, the place of love, be like, hey, you know what? It just, it just, it isn't. And maybe, like, two years from now, we'll reconnect, and maybe we won't. And it's like those people you see every like year and then you're like yeah we should get together and you're like fuck why why do we say that we're not going to yeah like and it's okay just to not say that be like hey nice seeing you yeah i'm Take out care. right yeah see i outgrow people for sure um but not i me. You, don't, have an, you haven't outgrew me i don't <laughs> i don't leave people of love i don't <laughs> so when you're like you know just wish Tough them love, wish them Tough love, love. And, but i'm very aware um and i have to i have to this is where i need to grow is but i i get to a point i take i take i take i take i take and i don't mean that i'm this punching bag for them i mean i take the toxic that is killing me in that relationship mm-hmm. far longer than I need to. Right. And then I'm like, now I'm done and I walk yeah. away. It's, I should have left a long time previous yeah. to this. But they didn't chase me either. Right. So it was a mutual thing. And we both just well, dragged our heels on doing the inevitable, right? Yeah. Is outgrowing each other or walking yeah. away, is, you know, as you say. Um, it's not that you lost people, but. You I know what? Think- I do want to give you a little tip, though. Okay. For the for the morning, because when you said this morning when you woke up depressed, so yeah, I want you to keep a book beside your bed, like mm-hmm. a journal or whatever, and I want you to write down your first thought in the morning, right? And I want you to keep track of that, right? Because when people actually become aware of that and they look back and they're like, "Holy man, yeah, my first thoughts are really shitty, yeah, right," and that really sets the tone. So your first thought before you go to bed, the first thought when you wake up, and set the intention for the day, right? right? Because that it'll Honestly, do it just for one week, one week and you'll see the difference. And have shitty days. Mm-hmm. Have like mad days. I mean, we're emotional beings. We're supposed to. Yeah. Right. But it's like you just can't end up staying there. No. Right. So it's like. And I do talk through it, which is good. I'm really good with my words and really good. Like this is my therapy. T-Bone, I have talked about this many times. This I like is, this. this. I'm going to come back on another one. This is this is my I'm, therapy room. I'm going to start my own. <laughs> And I do want to also end with, like, as far as kids are concerned, I think that, you know, a little bit of advice, too, with the kids, you know, turning off the social media at nighttime, not paying so much attention, Mm -hmm. not comparing yourself to others on social Mm -hmm. media. It is what everybody wants you to see. For the most part. Parenting is hard. Like, you know what? Here's the thing. You do the best with what you know. Yeah. Right? So... It's up to us to like know better and to learn 
and be better yeah. in order to raise the next generations of humans. these little shits little, coming up. Little, so. little humans, yeah. <laughs> little well, minions. Well, we are going to do this again, and thank you for being here You're today. You're welcome. It was um, awesome. Yeah, it was a good show. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll follow up with, I think we're going to talk about what I kind of touched on a little bit earlier. <laughs> Plastic surgery. Plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for being here again, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've got any feedback, comments, guest suggestions, topic ideas, Joel would love to hear from you. Rate and review more like tequila than tea wherever you listen to podcasts. Find Joel at joelmickelson.com. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone. It's like spring cleaning on steroids. When it's time to declutter and organize, that's where Motivated Spaces comes in. Organizing solutions for home or office. We're here to help. Whether it be planning a renovation, selling a home, purging and downsizing, or creating a better space in your place of work, that's where Motivated Spaces takes over. Purge, sell, keep, donate. Find us at motivatedspaces.com.